culture warriors are now seeking to cancel Karl Marx for dressing up as the Black Lives Matter movement. Old videos surfaced of Marx pretending to be a movement for black equality while actually up to his old tricks of destroying freedom, faith in God, and the independence of the traditional family. Official black person Roger Black Person said he was appalled to discover that the man walking around in the guise of a black equality movement was, in fact, the white creator of a philosophy that has been responsible for over 100 million murders, the destruction of entire economies, plus a lot of uncannily stupid white women explaining to black people how they're not black enough. Mr. Black Person said, quote, I could not believe my eyes when this came to light. This crazy-ass white man, Marx, was almost as racist as a Democrat. He and his pal Engels were always slinging around the N-word and saying incredibly ugly stuff about so-called Negroes being an an inferior race, and yet here he is, pretending to be as black as the governor of Virginia and spouting all this Black Lives Matter stuff as if his stupid pseudoscientific attacks on religion and the family were somehow going to help black people who need religion and the family more than just about anything, unquote. The revelation that Karl Marx had been masquerading as the Black Lives Matter movement put Marx on a cancellation list with many of his fellow left-wingers who had also appeared in blackface, blackface, including Jimmy Kimmel, Justin Trudeau, Jimmy Fallon, and every single anchorman on CNN who are all white, except for Don Lemon, who may once have actually been black before he just decided to identify as a fatuous dolt to keep things simple. If Marx is not canceled for wearing blackface, he may still come under fire for the 100 million murders. No, no one really seems to care about that. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped, tipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray. All right, we are back laughing our way through the fall of the Republic. Uh, You know, we're approaching 70,000 subscribers on YouTube. If you have not yet subscribed, (laughs) you know, really, you have no moral leg to stand on. Go on there, comment. If you comment, it helps the algorithm. I have no idea what that means, but just do it. Just put in comments and we will read your comments. Uh, If they're good, we've got one from Kyle Kringle, uh, who I think is the second cousin to Chris. Kyle Kringle says, I've started to play your episodes to my, to my fiance, and she has begun to recognize your voice. Last sun, September, I finally got down on one knee and popped the most important question. How do you spell Clavin? If she didn't get that right, you know what to do. But it's, apparently she did since you're, she's now your fiance. Uh, so as I've been saying, leftists see this as their time to make their move. While insisting the rest of us wear masks, they've dropped the mask, and they've revealed themselves as the oppressive anti-American and anti-freedom mob, which we always knew they were. News agencies openly peddle one set of values for Republicans and another for Democrats. Democrats openly support rioters and vandals, and social media has dropped even the charade of fair-mindedness in order to censor President Trump and his followers in hopes of scuttling the president's re-election. Yesterday, Twitter cynically and incredibly offensively put a warning on one of the president's tweets. Trump had said he would stop the effort to form an autonomous zone in Washington, D.C. using force if necessary. Twitter put a warning on it, then lied and said the tweet constituted a threat of violence against a specific group when actually it constituted a warning to lawbreakers. Twitter has to be destroyed. 
Twitter has to be destroyed. This little blue bird should be treated like a Thanksgiving turkey and have a fist shoved up its butt before it's set on fire and eaten. The argument that this is a private company with the right to censor whomever it pleases is absurd. Twitter, like other social media, was given the power to curate content as a special dispensation to help it grow. It's grown. Now it needs to be crushed. Some people say, well, Twitter is not so bad because it's not as big as Google or Facebook, but that misses the point. No company should exist in this form at all. The size of it doesn't matter. If Congress had allowed Dr. Frankenstein to make a monster, you wouldn't argue that the monster was still small and had only murdered a little girl and a couple of Tyrolean peasants. No, you would say such a creature should not exist at all. A speech platform that can curate content without taking responsibility for that content is a creature that should not exist at all. Twitter, as well as Facebook and Google, should be broken up or hobbled by all means necessary and fast before they screw with the 2020 election, which is what they're trying to do, as I warned you, they would. Social media is the way we speak to one another in the 21st century. Our right to speak freely comes from God on high. It's not to be taken away by anyone, private or public. The bluebird needs to be cooked. I, I can't believe I'm hearing people, conservative lawyers on Twitter saying, no, 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 this is a private company. They have a right to silence. You know, it's like they're, they're insane. They are living in the 20th century, which has been over now for 20 years. It's time to get with the program. Ancestry DNA. It is a fun way to find out more about your history and about history in general. You know, you may know a lot about the major events and battles of World War II, but there are a lot of stories you may not know. One of my favorites, of course, about is the Tuskegee Airmen. I had one of the great Tuskegee Airmen on my show. These were men, black men, who actually fought for this country, knowing its flaws, knowing its problems. They fought for it to make it a better country, and they did. Uh, you want to hear that kind of story? And in honor of the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II, Ancestry has just released a U.S. draft card collection from World War II. They've got over 36 million draft cards completed by fighting age men in the United States across the country during that time, whether they ended up serving or not. There's a great chance that you could find your relatives in this collection, and it can help you learn more about what their lives were like. Uncover your ancestors' personal details in the World War II U.S. draft card collection from Ancestry DNA and discover your untold stories and more. Head to my URL at Ancestry.com slash Clavin to start discovering your story today. That's Ancestry.com slash Clavin. And of course, you'll have to know, how do you spell DNA? All right, that's a trick question. What you need to know is, how do you spell Clavin? There are no easy we have the mailbag coming up. All your problems will be solved, so enjoy them while you got them. That's what you will sound like when you are free at last, free at last. You know, talking about uh, this, the way that the left is just trying to strangle all speech so only its narrative survives. I'm not kidding about Karl Marx. He was a flagrant racist. You remember we played this clip? Play the clip of this is the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, Patrice Coulard. Play that. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are... Uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. 
So this is a Marxist who founded Black Lives Matter. They're pulling down in Wisconsin uh, last night. They pulled down the statue of an abolitionist. They pulled down the statue of uh, Ulysses S. Grant, who was a great supporter of black freedom. Of course, he destroyed the South in the Civil War, and he helped destroy the Ku Klux Klan in his first iteration. Here's what Marx wrote about a a rival, a rival socialist. He wrote, it is now completely clear to me that he, as is proved by his cranial formation and his hair, descends from the Negroes who had joined Moses' exodus from uh, Egypt. He hated the Jews as well, even though he was a Jew. Assuming that his mother or grandmother on the paternal side had not interbred with an N-word. Now this union of Judaism and Germanism with a basic Negro substance must produce a peculiar product. His co-author, Engels, who wrote the uh, the Communist Manifesto with him, uh, he said of somebody, he was arguing with somebody and he said, being in his quality as an N-word, a degree nearer to the rest of the animal kingdom. So anything they find, if they find one of the founders who helped them get the freedom they have, like George Washington, but they find he was like all of us, a sinful man, and he was like all of us, that's a problem. But Karl Marx, they love him. Because why? Because this is not a movement for black people. Now, the thing is, the thing is, social media has has actually been a bad thing for information. You would think that the internet and social media would make us more informed, but it's made us less informed. Why? One of the reasons is it encourages stories over the truth, especially when it is being curated and edited and censored by one side, and that's what's happening. And so we have to learn how to protect our minds, and we also have to go after these people by any legal means. We really have to destroy their social media monopoly. Let us talk about this just a little bit more. One, one of the things, I mean, social media, you know, I, I hardly go on. I'm going to go on this thing, Parler, I think it's called, P-A-R-L-E-R, because it's a new one that is letting people speak freely. It's not like Twitter, which is censoring people. I think Trump should just move over there and take all and say all my followers should come with me. So take, I don't know how many millions of people he has following him, but he should take all those people over. But also, this has got to, there's got to be a legal remedy for this. I'm, I am sorry. I cannot believe, I cannot believe the conservatives are twiddling their thumbs. So what does it do? Social media encourages the mob mentality. Why? Because the people who go on social media to share pictures of their kids are shouted down by the bad guys. And the bad guys are not, you know, contained. And when they are contained, they are contained only by the biased left. They are, the bad guys are contained by the biased left. So if you're if you have are a bigot, if you're a radical, if you're violent on the left, that's justice. You can go on the left and tell people to kill cops and they will not do a damn thing about it on social media. But if you are a bigot and a radical and violent on the right, you're gone. Or if they can even pretend you are, which is really what they're doing. But the most important thing that social media has done is it emphasizes narrative over data and truth. It emphasizes story over facts, which is the entire left agenda. That is the left agenda because it's all about power. It's all about control. It's all about taking away from the ordinary person his uh, agency. It's all, all the way about taking away your right to associate with whom you want, to hate whom you want, to be a bigot. You want to be a bigot? I think you're a jerk, but go ahead. You're free to do that. That is the left wing. They think that they are going to make paradise by squeezing you into their little paradise idea, their little tiny paradise idea, instead of letting human beings be human with all their flaws. This stupid story out of NASCAR. I have not been following this story. I mean, I've been following it, but I haven't been reporting on it. I'll tell you why in a minute. I'll tell you why I haven't been reporting on it. They, they, they said they found a noose in the NASCAR driver uh, Bubba Wallace's garage at the Talladega, uh, Talladega Super Speedway, right? And 
he's Bubba Wallace, I think, is the only full time black NASCAR driver. So this let's see how CNN plays this thing. Let's play the CNN montage about this. A horrifying, racist, jarring, disturbing, heinous, perverted, ugly, cowardly, dreadful, hateful, stunning, shocking, appalling, disgusting reminder of who, again, this sport is for. A noose found in the garage stall of Bubba Wallace. Obviously, this is completely appalling. But do you think it's surprising? No, it's not surprising at all. And NASCAR is often considered a sport that is tethered to white folk, tethered to the South. The Confederate flag in a sport that is overwhelmingly white and certainly dominant among Southerners. NASCAR has been trying to somewhat move away from it. And I say somewhat in kind of air quotes. So I shouldn't have said CNN. That was a number of different news agencies. That was a Grabian montage, a number of different news agencies. I shouldn't have just said it wasn't just CNN. So that's how they play this thing, right? And now the FBI comes in in force, like 12 of them come in and say, nah, it's a garage pull. And it was shaped like a noose. You know, it had like that wraparound thing, although we don't know that's necessarily racist, but it was there for months and months. So it was there before Bubba was ever in that this place. It was, had nothing to do with him, right? He won't let it go. The, Bubba himself, he refuses. He refuses to let it go. And he says, even if, you know, even anybody who thinks this is wrong, uh, let's, let's play this. Uh, we'll call it uh, 12, cut 12. People are entitled to their own opinion to make them feel good, whatever, make them, help them sleep at night. It's just, uh, it's just unfortunate circumstances and, and, and a, and a terrible time that we're in right now year 2020 will be one year to for sure forget um moving forward but you know it's 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 simple-minded people like that the ones that are afraid of change um they they use everything in their power to defend what they stand up for and instead of trying to listen and understand uh what's going on so it's another non-story. It didn't happen. Never happens. Not a thing. It's nothing. It has nothing to do with him. It was there before he got there. Twelve FBI agents, I think it was, maybe fifteen, went in and investigated this. They cleared. I mean, this is instead of you know arresting rioters and things like this. Guys pulling down statues. This is what they're doing because it's the story. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What if it was real? I mean, it's never real. It never, this never stuff is never real. I mean, it's almost never real. But what if it was? So what? So what? So there's a racist. So somebody's a racist. It's a country of 300 million people. There's a lot of bad things in this country. There are people who want to sell your children the idea that they can change their sex. How crazy is that? So what? So there's a racist somewhere. You know, Tim Scott has put forward a bill in the Senate for police reform. And it's an intelligent bill, restrained bill, because the federal the federal government does not run your local police force and shouldn't run your local police force. It should be tailored to your locality. So Scott has a th- bill about information sharing and all this. And the Democrats are sh- uh, sh- shouting it down. They're trying to uh, stall the bill. They're trying to stop the police reform because they think they're going to win the Senate. And maybe they will. They think they're going to win the Senate. They don't think they'll be penalized for doing this, even though everyone's calling for police reform. Tim Scott is getting racist death threats. He's getting caught. He played them. At least the New York Times, a former newspaper, reported it. But he played the audio. He's getting racist death threats. That's not a problem. But a noose that didn't have anything to do with anything is a problem. There are racists. People are racist. This country is not racist. This country was not founded on racists. That's the lie. That's the lie. And, you know, 
It's, it's all about, remember I played a while back, I played a, a Wolf Blitzer thing of him questioning Rand Paul and uh, forcing Rand Paul to sort of back down about uh, the Civil Rights Act and just the way he framed the questions, like these kind of do you still beat your wife questions. We asked Rand Paul to come on. He wouldn't come on. Uh, I can't imagine why, but he wouldn't. But here are the questions that nobody is asking. Nobody's asking these rioters. What are you going to replace this country with? Hard thing to build a country. What, you know, this country is a beautiful, beautiful thing that was built by geniuses, by geniuses, and they constructed it to get more and more free, to become increasingly equal, and that's what's happened to it. What are you going to do? What are you replacing it with? Nobody asks. Nobody asks that Nicole, Hannah, what's her name, uh, Hannah Jones, nobody says to her, what's the plan? How are people going to be elected? Is there still going to be free speech in your perfect republic? Are, are only black people going to have free speech? Will only black lives matter? Nobody asked that question. Do only black lives matter to you? So, you know, I mean, here's the thing. As, as you do that, lies begin to grow. And these are people who genuinely want to keep information from you. I mean, uh, you know, there was an interesting review, a uh, book review in the Wall Street Journal of a book called Apocalypse Never. The review is by John Turney. The book Apocalypse Never is by M- Michael Schellenberger, who is a an environmentalist activist who suddenly found that all of the things that the environmental movement puts forward are untrue and all their solutions not only make things worse, which I've written about before. I wrote about this years ago. They not only make things worse, they hurt poor people. They hurt developing nations. If developing nations are allowed to become capitalist and allowed to use fossil fuels as they will, they build up and then they start to use better fuels and they start to get better uh, technology and that helps the environment. And so he writes in this book that we're not in the midst of a six maths distinction. Uh, the only 0.001% of the planet's species go extinct annually. Whales were not saved by Greenpeace, but rather by the capitalist entrepreneurs who discovered cheaper substitutes for whale oil. Plastics do not linger for thousands of years in the ocean. They're broken down by sunlight and other forces. Climate change has not caused an increase in the frequency or intensity of floods, droughts, hurricanes, and tornadoes. Did you know this stuff? I mean, I knew a lot of it, but I didn't know all of it. I, I thought the plastics thing was real. That is the power of narrative. That is the power that they are working to seize control of and to spread. And it is anti-fact. It's anti-data. It's anti-information. Donald Trump was speaking to uh, uh, Turning Point USA yesterday. Here is one thing he said. This is a cut one of Trump. You're fighting against an oppressive left-wing ideology that is driven by hate and seeks to purge all dissent. And you understand that. Amazing at that age. Your young people generally, a couple of oldsters out there, friends of mine. The radical left demands absolute conformity from every professor, researcher, reporter, journalist, corporation, entertainer, politician, campus speaker, and private citizen. But we have Charlie, and we have our people, and our people are stronger. So Trump is is telling these people they're fighting against an oppressive force. Who's telling the truth here? Trump is. Trump is telling the truth. All these people out there tearing things down, all these Democrats supporting those people who are tearing them down, they're lying and they're seizing the power to lie. Now, I've got a lot of problems with the right on this. You know, I've got a lot of problems with conservatives. Why didn't conservatives build Twitter? Why don't conservatives build Facebook and and, uh, Google? Why is it that it's always the left who has control of these major corporations? And why is it they can say, oh, we're against the corporations when they are the corporations? 
But the thing is, the right has got to fight back. They cannot stand by and let this happen. As You know, it's worse. It's worse than what the Russians did with the last election because the Russians hate us, but the left wants to destroy us and they want to destroy us from within. And that's even worse. All right, let us talk about honey. You know what I love about honey? It rhymes with free money. Now, a lot of things rhyme with free money, sunny, bunny, but honey will actually get you free money. Instead of going online and searching for coupons, spending all your time hand searching for coupons, does anybody do that? Does anybody? No, because everybody has honey. You just get yourself honey and say, you know what I like about honey? It rhymes with free money and it actually gives you free money. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. I was on Amazon. I use honey on Amazon. You check out the the Honey button just drops down. All you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey scans its database of all the working coupons for that site and watch the prices drop. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, including Walmart, DoorDash, Newegg, Forever 21, a lot of them. And like I said, Amazon, where I that's probably the only place I actually shop. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free money. Notice the rhyme there, Honey, free money. That's how you remember it. It's literally free and installs in just a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid favor and supporting this podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash Andrew. That's Honey dot com slash Andrew. Andrew also rhymes with free money. You just have to say it a little strangely. All right. So here's the thing, right? Social media emphasizes storytelling over truth, over facts. You could imagine a social media that would be full of facts. You could imagine a social media that'd be spreading facts, but that's not what happens. It's like, it's like crap rises, you know, crap rises. And that's what's happening on social media, but it's happening especially because of who they are and who is working for them and who they hire. We have not covered enough this Project Veritas thing. James O'Keefe, terrific, brave guy, a little bit crazy. You got to be a little bit crazy to do what James does, go undercover and stuff like this, get constantly being uh, in battles with the law. We're trying to shut him down, but he does it. He's a brave, he's a, he is a brave guy. He's doing that thing I always talk about of actually doing what, you know, saying the things you're supposed to say and going forward with it. And he went undercover and he got some uh, people at, um, at Facebook to talk, and he has been getting uh, undercover video and audio of the content moderators at Facebook, the people who actually go on and say, this is going to pass, and this is not going to pass. And, and you know, the, the thing about it is, is he also has a guy from Facebook who comes on and actually has his face on camera, and he says, you know, it does, they say, oh, it's just an algorithm, but who makes the algorithm? People make the algorithm, and the people are making the algorithm to exclude Republicans and to help Democrats. And this is, you know, all this stuff we had, all these lies we were told about Russia collusion, Russia's tampering with our elections. These guys are tampering with our elections, these Facebook content moderators. Here is one, a guy named Dustin Aldridge, who they went on undercover, Project Veritas went undercover and got this cut to talking about how he determines what's hate speech on Facebook. You can blaspheme Jesus as much as you want yeah. on Facebook. But if you go against somebody that's wearing a, you know, one of those Islamic hats and thinking that they're gonna blow themselves up, well, that's hate speech. But if there's anything over here and in name of Christian like, you know, shares a Bible verse or just, you know, says this, you know, that may appear to go against homosexuality, well that that's hate speech. That's you know, this and that. That's not allowed. 
you know, that's pretty amazing. And, you know, you don't think it has an effect, but it does. I always tell you, it's not the one story that gets you. It's the cloud of unknowing that they're trying to create. And they are trying to create the cloud. That's that's religion. He's saying they censor uh, anything about Jesus but because that's uh, anti-gay, but they won't censor anything about Islam because in the intersectional graph, when you put the thing in the Islam and the gays and when the power of the and they just and you plug in, you know, the funny thing about all this, going back to Marx, the racist Marx, the guy who thought uh, black people were uh, a lower race, uh, going back to Marx. One of the things about Marx, if you read him, and I just reread him because I, I wanted to see, was I missing something? And no, he was a complete fraud. It was pseudoscience, just like Freudianism, pseudoscience. And the thing that he does is he applies numbers to things uh, at random. He says this value is this and this value is that. And then he does mathematical things. It's all very scientific, except it's just completely random nonsense. This stuff is what the left does. This kind of distortion and pseudoscience is what the left does. So when you have this intersectionality where they compute who is more power and who's more of a victim, as if that gives you, you know, as if a victim can't be a bad person, you know, who's more of a victim and who has more power. And then so you can insult gays, you you can insult Christians because they insult gays, but you can't insult Muslims, even though they kill gays. Uh, but that's okay because they're Muslims, so they're not Christian. I mean, obviously, it is just self-hatred. It's just hatred of the West. And it's hatred of the West for a specific reason, because it gives ordinary people the right to make up their own minds. And they sit in their college classrooms, and they sit in their college professor offices, and they sit in their newspapers. And it's like Dick Cavett once said to me in a debate. Dick Cavett and I got into a debate, and he said, why do stupid people have free speech? That's what he said to me. It's on. You can find it online. Why do stupid people have free speech? Who thought of that? Because he's so smart. He's so elite. He's so high above us that he should be able to speak, but not the stupid people. They all think that. They all think it. They all think that you are not up to the up to snuff, and they are. They are the elite. You know, this is one of the things I really like about Trump. You know, that he was saying, uh, telling these people that you are the elite. When he was talking uh, to Turning Point USA, he was. Say, saying to them, like, you are the elite. Play the, this is this other uh, Trump clip. Uh, this is cut seven. You're smarter. You're better looking. Have a better future. You know your way around better, believe it or not. There's only one thing they have. They're more vicious. They are vicious. They are vicious people. Anyone who dissents from their orthodoxy must be punished, canceled, or banished. That includes from television, you see it. But you will not be silenced. And you know, the bottom line, I get interviewed by people, and I'm sitting the other day in the Oval Office, and I didn't like the tone. And I said, you know, it's really nice, because I'm here and you're not. <laughs> well, that's what they're trying to change. That's a, that that really sum that actually really sums it up, doesn't it? That really sums it up. The people, the ordinary people, the regular people, the people who were committing suicide while nobody noticed, the people who were out of work while they told us how great Obama's economy were was the people who have been abandoned, who built this country, who did a lot for this country, uh, who are now they've just not they're not in the intersectional plug-in uh, places, so they don't count anymore. They're the people who sent Trump, and that's what they're trying to silence. And that's what they're trying to get rid of. You know, as as uh, states reopen, as states reopen, obviously, there's going to be this spike in flu, in the uh, Chinese flu. And they're going to the media is trying to spin this and they're trying to say, um, 
you know, it's all about these evil conservatives reopening. You are not allowed in New York, you are not allowed to at when you find out that somebody has the disease and, you know, they try and trace where they've been and who they've talked to. You're not allowed to ask them whether they've been in any Black Lives Matter Marxist uh, protests. You can't ask them if they've been in these Marxist protests because then you'd be following the fact that that, of course, is going to spread the disease and it's going to spread it into minority neighborhoods which are being hit hardest because they have multifamily housing, because they have underlying more uh, underlying what they call comorbidity, more underlying uh, diseases like uh, obesity and diabetes and smoking and all these things that make it worse for you if you get hit by this disease. Whereas meanwhile, meanwhile, in the states that didn't lock down, in the states that didn't lock down, the numbers of deaths are much, much lower. Now, that's partly because the states that didn't lock down are almost all rural states and not uh, and not densely packed states. But still, they're picking on Florida because they're seeing a spike. They're going to see a spike. Uh, but Florida has something like a tenth of the deaths of New York. You know, it has almost no, nothing compared to New York. And they're picking on these things. And it's all it's all picked here and there. But the point about this, the fact that they won't even ask they won't even ask people if they've been at these things. You know, Mag- Maggie Hagerman, Haberman, it's not, it's not just that they don't want to hear from us. They don't want to hear even from their own people. Maggie Haberman is a left-wing reporter. She was considered by Clinton a great way to, by Hillary Clinton, they considered her a great way to plant friendly stories. That's why the New York Times hired her to be their White House correspondent. She's reliably left-wing. They gave her Pulitzer, a Pulitzer Prize for Russian hoax stuff. She didn't expose the Russian hoax. She basically perpetrated it, and she got a Pulitzer Prize for this, but she went on TV and was talking to Anderson Cooper and said this little bit amount of truth. As much uh, trouble as Donald Trump is in politically right now, a lot of it of his own making, but certainly not all of it. Um, Joe Biden is still a very flawed candidate. Um, he is running a flawed campaign so far. There are still four months left. They have to have what are supposed to be three general election debates. Uh, four and a half months ago, we were not talking about the coronavirus the way we are talking right now. So a lot can happen. And I do think it is important to remember that, that at the end of the day, elections are still binary. And people, if they decide to vote, unless they decide to write someone in, are going to make a choice between these two men. And there are going to be a lot of people who, even if they are unhappy with Donald Trump right now, there will be people who still decide to vote for him in the end. We do. It is a real mistake for anybody to start calling the election today. It's a mistake to start calling the election. Biden is a flawed candidate running a flawed campaign. Here was the reaction on Twitter. We have found the witch. May we burn? (laughs) (laughs) So think about this for a minute, okay? They won't even let their own people tell them the truth. They won't even let their own own people telling them the truth. A lot of stuff going on right now behind the scenes, and it's behind the scenes because they're not reporting it. Uh, the feds are arresting some of the leaders of this movement, of this, these radical movements, guys who've committed crimes. U.S. attorneys are prosecuting them all across the country. Stuff is on the march, and we're just going to have to see if Trump can get his message to the people. They're going to do everything they can to stop him. They're going to do everything they can to stop him, and we should do everything we can to stop them from stopping him. This is, this is the battle, as I keep trying to tell our friends on the right, this is the battle, the battle for information. This is the battle they've been fighting all this time while we slept. All right, we got the mailbag coming up, but first, let me talk to you about Reader's Pass. You want to be a subscriber to The Daily Wire, otherwise you will not get into heaven. That, not a lot of theologians will tell you that, but it is true, that, so you want to be a member. But maybe our all-access thing is too expensive for, for you, our top-level tier, it may be too expensive. 
you may be one of those whiny people who want to feed their children, give their children food so they grow up and they're healthy. All right, so you can't get the all access, but you can surely afford three bucks a month. Just don't give the kid another toy. You know, once he's spoiled already, you can surely afford three bucks a month, especially because we will give you the first month for only 99 cents. That's our Reader's Pass. You get access to our mobile app, articles ad-free, access to exclusive editorials. Shapiro did one, how Biden could be handing Trump his re-election. You won't, you won't get mine because they won't run mine. If you want my open, if you want to hear my open again today, I'm guaranteed you got to go over to the YouTube, the Andrew Clavin YouTube channel, but also get a reader's pass so you can get everybody else's stuff because they'll print them. <laughs> Go to dailywire.com and subscribe. Mailbag is on the way. All right, it's time for the mailbag. I love that song. That's a great, great song. Let's, you know, we, we only got, we've been asking for video questions and I don't want to, I don't want to privilege video questions over non-video questions, but we got one today that I just happen to love. This is from, uh, is Kyle, is that the, have I got his name right? His name is Kyle. Uh, yeah. Play the video from Kyle. Hi, Andrew. This is Kyle Cushman, uh, calling from North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Um, I just uh, wanted to get your thoughts on on this. Uh, so, you know, like, if you don't support um, the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, you know, people, they'll just, they'll, you know, lefties and stuff will, will question you and impress you on not uh, supporting black lives because you don't support Black Lives Matter. So, you know, why don't we just <clears throat> call the conservative movement um, Don't Kill Puppies, and the Don't Kill Puppies agenda will be um, you know, uh, lower taxes, smaller government, um, defunding Planned Parenthood in that way. If they don't support that, then, well, they obviously must want to kill puppies. So, uh, just want to get your thoughts on that. <laughs> Thanks. Kyle, that is genuinely funny. I have to tell you, if I had thought of that, I would have used it as an opening on my show. Don't Kill Puppies is the conservative movement. I think that's genuinely hilarious. So good. That's a good one. I like that. All right. From Michael, uh, dear Slayer of Knowles and Prince of Daily Wire, how close do you think we are to civil war in America? I'm wondering on how, how long Americans will hold out with seeing the violence and the erasing of our history. Will we just stand back and watch our great country burn to the ground, or will we stand and fight and take back our culture and get Trump's butt into gear? Thanks. Love your show. Save the Clavin. We really must save the Clavin. I mean, what what would we do without him at this point? Um, you know, I, I don't think we're there. Uh, I think this is a dangerous time. I think that that's why I'm not as, uh, as um, aggressive as, you know, like go in there and send the army in and start shooting and all this stuff. I, I don't want to see Americans killed. A lot of these people are just troublemakers. A lot of these kids are so ignorant. They have been they have been schooled in ignorance at our university. A lot of them are very, very neurotic and they have real problems. We drug so many of our kids and then they go to college and they go off the drugs and their underlying problems aren't solved and they start picking up this stuff and becoming hysterical about things that they don't know anything about. I mean, that's when you see all these white girls screaming at black cops. It's just amazing. Uh, they think that they are the 
purveyors of social justice. A lot of mental illness in this group, and I don't want to see people killed. But at some point, at some point, you're right. People will get fed up, and then the fighting will start, and it won't be it won't be pretty. So I don't think we're there. I think that uh, I, my hope is and my belief is that this is a moment of madness brought on by the lockdown. I think the stuff that has been, you know, people locked down, they probably watch more television, and television has been going out of their way to induce psych psychopathy in the public. They are going out of their way to gaslight people, to drive them crazy, to give them fear, to push fear. They've been doing all this stuff. So all this stuff is coming out. The political season hasn't even started yet. The only thing that's starting is summer. The the political season really doesn't start until September. So, you know, I would say, hold on. There's going to be trouble. Trouble will come, but I do not think that this is a moment of civil war. Uh, down the line, I can't promise you anything. Everything dies, and it dies violently, uh, unfortunately. But uh, down, that's down the line. Right this minute, I think this is a movement of madness. I think that when the Republicans, if, if Trump can lead, if Trump can get people behind him, if he can start to stir up not just his base, but the rest of the people, the people who don't want this going on, the people who aren't going to tell the pollsters what they think, if he can do that, uh, other people will follow, other uh, Republicans will find their spines. A lot of them have not been like Matt uh, Gates and like uh, uh, Tom uh, Cotton and uh, Josh Hawley. They have not been like that. Some of them have just kept their heads down because they think Trump is going to be defeated and they don't want to tie their career to him. Uh, But if Trump can get the people behind him, uh, then the others will follow and will suddenly find uh, their private parts and, and get in there. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful still. I know this is a bad time. I'm not pretending it's not. Uh, but I'm, I'm hopeful that America, you know, America goes through these things. It really does. When you look at history, this is not anomalous. I mean, America is a revolutionary country. Uh, it has elements of revolution. The, the real revolution is the revolution of freedom. That's the only new idea in politics. But it also has, allows these other revolutionary types to go forward. Uh, they've infiltrated our media. They've infiltrated our academy. They've infiltrated our entertainment industry while the right sat there twiddling its thumbs and investing all its money in the next congressional race in Ohio. Uh, and so this is, we are now reaping that whirlwind. We let them sow the wind. We're now reaping that whirlwind. But, but there's a lot of ruin in a nation. No one has answered the question of what they plan to replace this great nation with. They can't answer that question. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is cheering violent people on. The Democrats are cheering violent people on. After a while, somebody's going, some people are going to say, you know what, this is ridiculous. And Joe Biden is a wooden dummy. He's not an actual human being anymore. And so he's really not a very good candidate. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, when they're when they're shouting Maggie Haberman down uh, because she says this is a flawed candidate, when a flawed candidate is the kindest thing you could say about Joe Biden, they are really not facing reality. Reality does have a voice. So I, I'm, I'm not the, I'm in no way in despair, but it is, it is ugly. It's ugly what they're doing. It, they've, they've planned for it. They think this is their moment. They are seizing the day and they're being helped by Twitter and they're being helped by NBC News and they're being helped uh, by CNN and they're being helped by the Democrat Party. Let's see if the people go along. I, I don't think they will. Um, From William, dear Supreme Overlord of the known and unknown universe, uh, I have been listening to the podcast of your son, Clavin the Lesser, Young Heretics, in the first episode. Uh, We're going to have we're going to have Spencer come on next week and talk about the fall of the Roman Republic, because he and I have been discussing that behind the scenes. And uh, he's a lot of interesting things to say. But he says in the first episode, uh, Spencer said he's going to focus on the merits of Western literature classics without getting bogged down by the culture wars. Can you still ground him? (laughs) He says, if not, it may be better that you address my question with a guarantee 
1,900% correct answer. As I understand, Spencer can only guarantee his answers up to 50% correctness. Why hasn't the left come after the Greek philosophers harder? After all, um, he says, I find it suspicious that they have not come after these roots of Western civilization. Well, you know, I've talked to Spencer about this, and uh, what he says is that they have done it, uh, but they've done it on the uh, on the university level. You know, they're doing it in the academy where people are still thinking about this. Uh, there's a woman uh, he told me about named Donna Zuckerberg, uh, who wrote a, a Washington Post op-ed about how Socrates is a misogynist troll. This stuff starts in the university where people care about it, and then they bring it out uh, into into the public. Uh, so they are doing it. It's just that most people aren't thinking about it, so they start at the intellectual level. I keep telling people this stuff trickles down from ideas trickle down from the intellectual top uh, and people get angry when I say that. They think, no, we're going to you know, do it out on the streets. But no, these ideas do come down and infect people. And if we don't have professors, if we don't have universities, if we don't uh, uh, have thinkers and conversations uh, about the things that matter, they will and they will get them into the New York Times, which is their organ, and they will spread this stuff. So it is, it is actually happening uh, and you should be listening to uh, Spencer's podcast, uh, The Young Heretics, to find out more more about these things. Um, from Zach, uh, dear ruler of the multiverse, I have never been a confident person. I'm regularly told by co-workers and my friends that I need to have some sort of confidence in myself. I also hear women go for that sort of thing. I feel like there's a mental block that doesn't allow me to believe in myself and was hoping you had some words of wisdom. Thanks very much and save the Clavin. Um, all right, so you lack confidence. There are two ways to attack this problem from within and from without, okay? Um, let's talk first about without. The way to attack the problem from without is to do things that give you confidence. Martial arts, great thing to do. Take a, you know, karate, uh, get your, go out and get your black belt, uh, learn to do that stuff. Do public speaking, that will in increase your confidence. Uh, there's that Toastmasters organization that, you know, I've, I've mentioned it before, but a lot of people really like it. It teaches you how to go up in front of a crowd. Public speaking is apparently something people fear more than death. They feel, you know, when they have a list, I feel pu fear public speaking and then I fear death. So people really fear that. So do the stuff uh, that frightens you. Learn to do it. Go to people to teach you to do it. A martial art is great. You will walk different. You will feel different about yourself. You will have a different attitude toward the world. That is the way to do it from the outside. And I highly recommend doing that. It's also a good thing, I think, to do things from the inside as well. Uh, and uh, you might need a therapist for that, but I, you might want to sit down at least and ask yourself, what happened in your childhood? I, I'm not, I don't want to offend you, but I would bet money that you're a child of divorce. But what happened in your, in your childhood that has given you this sense that you are not worthy of being confident? Uh, that's something a therapist can help you with. It's something people can talk to you about. Maybe a group uh, can help you with. So it's a really good thing. I mean, this is, it's worth getting rid of, not just to, to attract women, but to live life, to, you know, to feel good about yourself. There's something wrong with uh, somebody, you know, a young person not feeling at least a certain measure of confidence, along with all the insecurities that everybody has. But so attack it from without, attack it from within, but do it. You know, do it. It's not doesn't help to think about it. You got to go and do it. Uh, and uh, it, it's amazing what can be accomplished on things like this. This is not an insolvable problem. This is a problem you can solve if you solve it, if you go out and do it. Um, from Wes, as conservatives, we don't have the luxury of only consuming entertainment from the right. Um, I'm curious about your thought process for when and how you can separate art from artist or performance from performer. And at what point do you decide that you can, should no longer consume their product? Uh, it's easy to ignore the leftist SJW drivel 
from folks like Taylor Swift or Spike Lee, but what about things like sports, uh, where the on-field activity is inherently apolitical, but the off-field activism by athletes is almost universally antithetical to conservative values. Okay, um, so, you know, this this is a, a really good question. I mean, what if somebody created a beautiful, beautiful work of art, let's say in the Renaissance, Caravaggio? It turns out Caravaggio was a pretty bad guy. I mean, he was kind of a thug in a lot of ways, but he was an absolute spectacular artist. Can you enjoy it? My, my belief is, yes, you can. The art is separate uh, from the, the person. But I don't think you have to subsidize artists who are openly selling leftist ideas, which is why if an uh, NFL player uh, on his, in his spare time on Facebook or wherever he wants to say what he says uh, feels America is a bad country, then I can make fun of him as an idiot. But if he goes on field and kneels when the flag is there, I will stop watching the NFL. I will never watch it again if that happens. I'll I'll never. And until they stop, I will never do it. I mean, I will never go to a game. I won't go to the Super Bowl. I won't watch the Super Bowl. It's over with the NFL because they are using their platform to sell that idea. A work of art can exist separately. A, a, A work of athleticism can exist separately, but it has to exist separately. So when Spike Lee sells me his stupid racist philosophy in his movies. It ruins his movies for me. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to boycott Spike Lee because I want to hear what he has to say. But if if that's all his movies become, I will stop watching. I'm not against I'm not against leftist art, by the way. I, I'm for leftist art. I'm just against the fact that there's no right wing art. I'm against the blacklisting. I'm against the fact that they make it impossible. I'm against the fact that they cancel people who, who won't say what they want them to say. That's the problem. The problem is not that they're a left wing artist. The problem is that they stop right wing people from doing art. And when that happens, then you are within your rights to uh to blacklist them. But I think the thing is, the thing about the NFL specifically is it's using their authority as players to spread an anti-American message, and it is anti-American, and it should be shut down and it should be boycotted. That, that's, that is, they should be punished for doing that, right? It's, I, know, I know their actual acts of athleticism aren't political, but they have made them a vehicle for anti-American uh, political message. You want to go out and do that in your spare time? You want to go out and say, I'm Colin Capperface and I, I hate America and do that on your spare time? I may change teams, but I'd still watch the NFL. If you then l- let that guy in, if the NFL shows common cause with him, I'm done with them. So again, with the arts, I'm happy to hear from different people, but I want to hear from different kinds of people, not just from one side. Uh, and and again, in the, if they are dead, if the person is dead, then his sins have died with him. And his art, if his art doesn't sell the, the things, the ugly things that he was saying, uh, I don't see why I should I should worry about it. Um, so that's that's my attitude. I'm I'm pretty open minded. I want to um, I want to enjoy the act, the sports or the art no matter who the person is, but if they pollute the actual work with themselves, then they've got a problem as far as I'm concerned. I have to stop there. Unfortunately, we'll be back again tomorrow and all my all access show will be tomorrow evening. So this would be a good time to subscribe at the all access level if you can. Uh, and uh, I will talk to you then. Go over and subscribe to the Andrew Claven YouTube channel. I'm Andrew Claven. This is the Andrew Claven Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. 
We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knowles Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Assistant director is Pavel Wadowski. Edited by Danny D'Amico. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, or head and makeup, by Nika Geneva. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Clavin Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental. And that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Listen.